Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Well, you are here on the right Sunday. Uh, we are kicking off right now media for our church. That is everybody here today. Uh, you get a totally free subscription for the rest of your life. There's no advertisements, nothing else. What Right Now Media is, is what they said. All kinds of different Bible studies, discipleship, trainings, kids' videos, parenting videos. Uh, The way you get uh, signed up is you need to email Mike at mike at mywrbc.org. If, if we do not currently have your, uh, uh, your email address, just email Mike at mywrbc.org and Mike will send you a link and you just go through, fill out the link and then you are signed up. Uh, there's over 40,000 different videos that are on this website and we think it's going to be a great discipleship tool. Everybody that's here, I don't care if you're a guest, whoever you're, you're invited to join us and be a part of this totally free resource that we help, hope, help, hope that we hope helps you. How's that? Uh, As you uh, go into the future, thank you. Thank you with your discipleship. Hey, we're going to be looking uh, during the Advent season. The sermon series is called Big Questions About Christmas. And if you have children uh, on the Right Now videos, there is a devotional series called Big Questions About Christmas. And so uh, when you get on there, just click on the WRBC tab, and it'll take you right to those videos. You can do those with your children and follow along with our sermon series uh, as we go through that, and that'd be a great thing for families to do. Take out your Bibles, turn over to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, as we're going to begin our look at big questions uh, about Christmas. So how many people here have their Christmas decorations up? Yeah, I'd say the majority of people do. Who are slackers out there and don't have it done? Okay. You notice they're all sitting in the back. Uh, I don't know what that, what that tells you uh, about them or something, but Christmas decorations are going up everywhere. In Roseville, Connecticut, there's a lady by the name of Mary Hollowell. Got a picture of her Christmas decorations here. She puts up 350,000 different Christmas decorations. Uh, it's become such a tradition. People come from everywhere just to drive by her house there in Roseville, Connecticut and see that. It's a great way for kicking off the Christmas season for her and a lot of people in that neighborhood, except for guess who? Her neighbors hate it. As a matter of fact, a whole neighborhood group has joined together and they are suing to get her to take down the lights because they say they can't sleep at night because they're too bright, that all these cars come through and they can't get to their houses, and then people leave trash everywhere when they go up and down the streets. And so you have two competing ideas here. One, these lights are festive and draws people, and the other, they're a big annoyance. And so this morning, our big question about Christmas is going to be this. Why is Christmas so confusing? Why is Christmas so confusing? So look over to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to begin with verse 18. And the first thing we see is this. We think we have Christmas all figured out, but we really don't. We think we've got it all figured out, but we really don't. Look down to verse 18 of chapter 1. Now this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. 
And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And so you have here the beginning story with Mary and Joseph, and Joseph thinks he's got this whole thing figured out. He and Mary are engaged to be married. And then Mary shows up pregnant. So what's the first thing Joseph has to think if he knows he's never been with her and yet she's pregnant? What's he going to think when she shows up that way? He has to think what? It's a miracle. It must be the son of God. Isn't that what anybody would have thought? You know, obviously. No, that's not what he's thinking. He's thinking, obviously, she's cheated on me. And so I'm going to call off the engagement, but I still love her. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, make her look bad or anything among our friends and family. So I'm just going to do this whole thing quietly. So he thinks he's got it all figured out. He knows what's happened. He knows what he's going to do. And he's going to try to be a good person about it. And so Joseph has this all figured out. But it wasn't quite what he thought. Because we're told that what was conceived in her was from the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 20, it says, After he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And so this is going to be a miraculous birth that's going to take place. Something the world has never seen before. A virgin is going to give birth to a child. So Joseph thought he had everything figured out here, and yet he didn't quite have it figured out the way that he had thought. And the same is true of us when it comes to Christmas today. We think we've got it all figured out. We know, especially if you're a Christian, okay, Christmas is about the birth of Jesus, but we have to also throw in some Christmas shopping and some decorations and some parties. Um, we got to get Santa Claus in there, and, and then there's the Grinch and Frosty, and somehow it, it all melds together, but I've got it all figured out. And so we put it all together like that. And we say, you know, I'm such a good Christian uh, and I want Christ to be the center of my Christmas that in my nativity scene, I'll do this right here. And so we'll put Santa in the nativity scene, but Santa will be bowing down to Jesus to show I've got it all figured out. And so it's not confusing to us at all when we look at Christmas today. And then we see something like this. The s'mores people come out and say, how about a nativity s'more? And then we think, well, is eating the baby Jesus really the best thing to do at Christmas? And so then you begin to wonder, well, maybe this is just a little bit more confusing than I may have thought. And then somebody tells you it's more confusing than that. There's actually a war on Christmas. And you never knew, but people actually wrote a book on the war on Christmas. And you're thinking, I wonder how many casualties there's been and, and who's been shot during this war and, and what countries have been taken over. And am I even on the right side when it comes to the war on Christmas? And then you find out there's been a devastating battle in the war on Christmas. And it had to do with Starbucks. Because a couple of years ago, Starbucks came out with a red and green Christmas cup. Which red and green are the colors of Christmas. But when they came out, we all got mad and we thought, surely this is taking Christ out of Christmas. It's part of that war on Christmas we're talking about that I never even knew about. And so Starbucks responds by trying to be good. And so they come out with a Christmas cup with a package on it. And we think, finally, Christ is back in Christmas. The war is over and we've won as Christians. And we feel really good about that. And so finally, we have Christmas all figured out again. 
And then in the state of Florida, they have all these lawsuits about, well, you can't have a nativity scene at the state capitol. And so they say, well, we're going to put up any holiday displays. So then the, uh, the atheists want a winter solstice put up. And so they have the winter solstice display, display put up. And then a group comes and says, well, we want a Festivus pole. Now, I don't know if you know what Festivus is. Festivus is a joke from a Jerry Seinfeld show. It doesn't have to do with anything. But the state of Florida says, okay, if you want a joke from the Jerry Seinfeld show, we'll put that up too. So in the state capitol next to the nativity, they put up a pole of beer cans. And they say, well, somehow that represents Christmas as well. And then you look back and you say, I don't know. This is all just a little bit confusing. So maybe we don't have Christmas quite figured out the way that we think we do just as Joseph didn't have it quite figured out. And so that brings us to the next thing that we see in our scripture. The way we celebrate Christmas is filled with competing ideas. And that's part of the problem. It's that that all around us, we're being hit with all different kinds of messages that are coming from all different kinds of places. And we're trying to meld them all together and somehow make it fit. So look over into chapter two, chapter two. And as you do, uh, the thing we see is this. The way we celebrate Christmas filled with competing ideas. Look at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star, it rose, and we've come to worship him. So what you have here is that you have the, the Magi, They've been following this star for two and a half years. They think it shows the birth of a a great king is going to happen. And so they get to Jerusalem and they said, look, the star stopped here. Where is he going to be born? Why are the Magi searching for the child? They're searching for the child because they think he's going to be great. He's going to be a mighty king. That that the gods are showing them uh, that this king is being born. And they want to come and honor and worship him. So that's why they're going there. Look at the very next verse, verse 3. We're told, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So why is Herod disturbed? Because Herod is the king, and if another king is going to be born, that's someone that's going to compete for his throne, and so this king is now a danger. And so he makes a deal with the Magi, trying to trick them, go and find him so I can worship him too. But really what he wants to do is kill the baby. So you have two totally different competing ideas here. The Magi wanting to come to worship the child. Herod wanting to find the child so that he can kill him so that he's no longer a threat to his throne. And so they're trying to put all of this together. You have these two competing ideas and they don't fit very well together. Worship, murder. Uh, the, the two don't quite go together here when you see that, but there are these different ideas that are butting up against each other. What we see today when it celebrates Christmas as we try to meld all this together is there's basically three different competing ideas that we're trying to, to, to somehow meld all together during the Christmas season. And the first is Christmas is basically about presents and shopping. That's what it boils down to. You see a, a mall here in upstate New York and Rochester this Black Friday. They're ready for the stores to open. Who would have liked to have been in that? Who was in that, by the way? Any, any, any of you? Anybody go to the outlet malls that, that were there? None of you? Come on, people. Oh, thank you. 
Thank you, Miss Lauren. I'm, I'm very proud of you. Very proud of you. Okay, so this idea that Christmas is about shopping. Now, people don't say that, but the bottom line is Christmas floats a lot of businesses. And there's nothing good or bad about that either way. For some businesses, 50% of what they're going to make in the year will happen from Black Friday through the Christmas season. Literally half of what they make. On Black Friday itself, uh, we're told that $51 billion was spent on Black Friday alone. $51 billion. A trillion dollars will be spent during the the Christmas season. Uh, And so a lot of stores say this is the one time a year that we have to get people in and we have to sell things. And so it floats the business. And so you have this idea that Christmas is all about the sales and getting people to buy things. Then the second competing idea that we throw into that is that then you have the the secular atheist idea that everything has to be politically correct and you can't offend anybody. So you can't say Christmas. You have to say happy holidays. You can't have uh, a nativity display. Uh, You can't uh, at school have anything that says Christmas or wear a shirt that says that. Uh, There was a school in Massachusetts last week you might have saw that was doing a Christmas carol that they were supposed to have shown this Friday. And the principal happened to walk through while they were practicing and it was the very end. And one of the children said, and God bless you one and all. And the principal was stunned, canceled the whole performance and and said, we can't do this any longer. You know, it's now offensive uh, what we've seen here. And so you have this secular humanist idea that somehow Christmas, uh, you can't use the term, you can't talk about it. uh, It's got to be politically correct. And so then you have in Boca Raton, Florida, you might have seen that this year. They've always had the last few years, the winter solstice thing. But this year, a satanic group uh, wanted to be added. And so they put in a satanic pentagram next to the nativity scene, uh, somehow being politically correct and all inclusive. And so you have that view of Christmas and the Christmas season. And that then tries to somehow meld into how to stores please both groups of people both Christians who want to say Merry Christmas, people who are offended by Merry Christmas, because what they want to do is sell stuff. And so you're trying to get all that together. And then you have the third point of view, which is the Christian point of view, that Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. And, and that it's about celebrating the fact that Jesus came to earth and he came uh, for our salvation. And so we celebrate Christmas with a different understanding and a different idea. And then last year uh, in Egypt, in Cairo, Egypt, on December the 11th, there was a bombing in a Coptic church. 28 people were killed as they began the Christmas season uh, in Cairo, Egypt. And ISIS put out everywhere, any Christian that shows up for worship in Cairo on, on Christmas Eve, we're going to attack and be killed. And so the Coptic Christians responded on Christmas Eve by showing up in the greatest numbers they had ever had on Christmas Eve, because for them, it was something different than, than, than money or presents or decorations. It was the birth of Jesus, and no one was going to keep them from that. So you have these three radically different ideas, and we try to meld them all together and have a Christmas season a part of it. And so it can get very confusing when we do that. And that brings us to the next thing that we see. The confusion of Christmas can often lead to stress and depression. The confusion of Christmas can often lead to stress and depression. Back in verse 19 of chapter 1, 
What's the stress uh, and the depression that Joseph has? He finds out that the woman that he is engaged to, he thinks has had an affair on him, has cheated on him, and is pregnant. So he's, he's very upset. He's trying to do the right thing, but his whole world's been turned upside down. And so for him, the beginning of the Christmas season is a lot of stress and a lot of depression. Look back to verse 3 again in chapter 2. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. So for Herod, there's a lot of stress. A competitor to my throne has come. But why is all Jerusalem disturbed? All Jerusalem is disturbed is because Herod isn't a very stable person. He is very jealous of his throne because Herod is not from the royal bloodline. He's married a Hasmonean princess to make him a part of the bloodline, but he's not royal blood. And so he's always afraid of his throne. He was put on it by the Romans. Uh, He's not a real heir to the throne and he's always nervous about it. And so he does terrible things to keep his throne. He's killed his brother who he thought was a rival to the throne. He had a young son who was good looking and smart and people began to brag on him. And so Herod had his son put to death because he was afraid he was going to become the heir to the throne and take over from him. And so Caesar Augustus said this about Herod. It's better to be his pig than to be his son. Because Jews don't eat pork, but he kills his son like they're animals. And so uh, when Herod was disturbed, all of Jerusalem was disturbed. And so you have this Christmas season, this first Christmas, causing a lot of confusion and a lot of stress. And the same thing happens today. The three competing ideas that we're trying to put together and somehow celebrate the Christmas season causes a lot of stress on people. The number one reason people have stress at Christmas is guess what? That's not a guess. Money. Who said money? Thank you. You get uh, Go get a free coffee from the coffee shop or something. Okay, it's free anyway, but don't worry about that part of it. All right, money. That's the number one thing people stress about during the Christmas season. 45% of Americans in a recent survey said they would rather not have gift giving at Christmas because it bankrupts them by the time the season gets through. The average American spends $1,000 on Christmas. So if you've got four people in your family, that's $4,000 that the average person is spending on Christmas. So it becomes a very expensive endeavor. The second main thing people stress out at Christmas is family drama. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe i got to get together with my sister. I mean, this this is not going to work, you know. Cousin Bob has always been crazy, and uh, I don't want my kids around him. You know, uh, uh, he's going to say something, and they're, they're going to be doing it or something. You know? and, 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 you know, so you, family drama is the second reason. But then there's just things like feeling like you have to be happy all the time, and you don't feel happy, but you've got bright decorations and people singing and all this kind of stuff, but you don't feel that way at all. And so people tend to have what we call the holiday blues. We got a little graphic here that kind of kind of shows you of men, 34% and 44% of women say they get holiday blues. Now this means real depression. It's not talking about stress. 68% of people said Christmas is the most stressful time of the year. 68%. But you see right here, literally 44% of women and 34% of men say they get depressed 
during the holiday season. There's so many expectations, so many things going on. You never live up to it. You never find the right toy, whatever. And so you end up being depressed. Now, we could stop there and you would go home depressed. Uh, We said, okay, it's confusing. A lot of competing ideas. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's depressed. That's Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Come back to the handbell concert at six o'clock. But we're not going to stop there. What we're going to see next is what is the proper view we need to have of Christmas and what do we need to be doing about it? And so the next thing we see is this. The true meaning of Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. So as a Christian, you need to make the focal point of your Christmas about Jesus. It doesn't mean you don't buy a present or you don't put up decorations or anything like that. Those things can be melded into this, but you've got to make Jesus the center of your Christmas. Make priority the birth of Jesus in everything that you do. And we're going to talk about why that needs to be. What did Jesus do that should cause us to celebrate and have joy during the Christmas season? And the first is this. Christmas is about Jesus coming to save us from our sins. Christmas is about Jesus coming to save us from our sins. Look down to chapter 1, verse 21. Chapter 1, verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So when Joseph has this dream... He's told in the dream, Mary has a child, the child is the son of God, and you're to name the child Jesus. Now, Jesus is the Hebrew name Joshua, Yeshua. And Joshua means God saves. And so we're told you are to name this child God saves because this child is coming to save the people from their sins. So why do we celebrate Christmas? We celebrate Christmas because sin has divided us from God. Your sins have kept you from God. And Jesus came to die on the cross to take your sins upon him that you might be forgiven when you don't deserve it. And so what? if there's ever a reason to celebrate everything you've ever done wrong, everything you will ever do wrong, every bad thought you've ever had, all of those have been placed upon Jesus and your sins have been wiped away and made clean. So then we need to celebrate. We need to have joy. Christmas is a time of us recognizing what God has done for us and how it has changed everything about us. That brings us to the second thing, the very next verse, verse 23. Christmas is God's help and presence in our lives. Look down to verse 23. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this is from Isaiah chapter 7, 14. And what we're being told is really very simple. When this child comes, he is God incarnate. God has come to earth. And so God's presence is now with people. So it's not just saying sometimes in the future, you're going to get to heaven, your sins are forgiven. It says right here in the present, when things aren't going well, when you've got problems, when you're hit with things and it overwhelms you, when anxiety and stress take hold of you, that God is literally here and present with you. Jesus is God here and now God with us. 
And so we know no matter what we go through, no matter how bad it may get, we're never going to be alone. God's going to be with us and walk with us every single step of the way. So Christmas is about us being saved from our sins. It is about God's help and presence in our lives today. And that should change everything about us. And so then how do you respond to something like that? Well, you respond to it with joy and worship. You respond to it with joy and worship. Look over to chapter 2, verse 10 again. Chapter 2, verse 10. Now, this is the, the Magi have now made it to the house where Jesus is. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and they worshiped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So we're told they had two main reactions when they found the baby. The first main reaction was that they were overjoyed. And they, they, they couldn't believe it. The, the, the fulfillment of a two and a half year journey has finally been completed. And they were overjoyed. The second thing they did is we're told they then went into the house and they worshipped him. And so, if you want to know the proper way to celebrate Christmas, it's with joy and worship. That's what it needs to be about, exactly what the Magi did here. That Christmas should be a time of joy. If anybody needs to be putting up lights and decorating and and being excited about the season, it should be Christmas because when you're putting it up, you're saying, hey, something special has happened. God intervened in the world and sent his son to save me my sins, to be with me uh, in my toughest times and in my hardships. And I'm going to let you know this has happened and there's joy. And then the second reaction is the worship of coming and saying, I I, I love you, I believe in you, I'm grateful to you for all that you've done, that joy and worship. Now, it's interesting, they also gave gifts, but they gave gifts to Jesus, we give gifts to each other, which is kind of the confusing part of that all over again. Uh, But the joy and the worship and all that's going on. And so, all right, it's about Jesus saving us from our sins, God's presence with us, that should cause joy and worship. And that brings us to the last thing that we see. The true meaning of Christmas must be found by intentionally seeking him or you're going to lose it. You've got to intentionally seek the real meaning of Christmas because it's not just going to happen. You can catch glimpses of it every, every once in a while. Oh, there was a movie on that mentioned Jesus or something like that. You know, uh, I went to the handbell concert, uh, you know, and, and so I remembered Jesus. You've got to intentionally seek it because there's going to be a lot of competing signals. Uh, that are out there. And so you have to intentionally seek Jesus during the Christmas season. Look at chapter 1, verse 24 and 25. Chapter 1, verse 24 and 25. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. So for Joseph... He has to do exactly what the angel says. He wakes up from the dream. He goes to Mary and says, hey, we're not getting a divorce. I believe something special has happened to you. Uh, And they they get married uh, and they go off and they start their marriage. So for Joseph, it became very intentionally following through with what the angel says. And then we see the same thing with the Magi over in chapter 2, verse 12. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country from another route. Now, they told Herod they were going to go back and tell him where the child was. But God has now warned them, and to do what God wants, they have to intentionally seek and follow through with what God has told them. And so they go home another way. 
And so for us, it is intentionally seeking Jesus during this season. Again, there's nothing wrong with lights and trees and decorations. There's nothing wrong with buying and giving people gifts and presents and having parties. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But in it all, you have to intentionally seek Jesus during this time of the year because I'm here to tell you there's enough competing out there that it'll just get lost. It'll just get thrown in uh, to the side somewhere and you'll get a glimpse of it now and then. And so you have to intentionally seek what is going on and look at it in a different way than the world does. To, To look at the Christmas season as a time of true joy. Because where does the joy come from if you take Jesus out of it? Where's there really joy? Hey, put up all of your Christmas lights. Buy very expensive presents. Throw parties because it's the time of the year you were supposed to do that. Be happy because you were supposed to be happy. Buy a lot of presents so we make money at our store. Now go celebrate. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? The joy of Christmas comes from understanding the birth of Jesus. And maybe that joy is going to look a little bit different than it does for some other people. Several years ago, I got a call on uh, Christmas morning, right before uh, we were going to open presents with with the family. And told that somebody in the church had passed away. And uh, I went right over to their house. Uh, The the, uh, ambulance hadn't even gotten there. Uh, sitting there with with the whole family, talking to them. The ambulance finally came. They took the body out and out of the house. And I remember sitting there with his wife, and his wife looked at me and said, I don't think I will ever be able to celebrate Christmas again. I remember holding her hand and looking at her and said, No, ma'am, you're wrong. You're going to be one of the few people in this world that celebrate Christmas with real meaning. Because you're going to know Christmas is the day that Jesus came to save your husband from his sins. And he's with God in heaven right now because of Christmas. And you're going to celebrate it maybe a little bit different than other people do. But you're going to be the person that celebrates it with true meaning and with true joy because of what Jesus has done in your life. There's a lot of competing things out there that can pull us away this time of year from the whole point. And as we start the Christmas season, my appeal to you is to make Jesus the heart and the soul of what you do this Christmas season. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son on this Christmas. Father, help us to celebrate with true joy and with true meaning. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.